whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Colossians. Hey, Brian Phillips here with Grace Ops. Welcome back to the podcast where it is our aim to empower you to live upright. We're discussing biblical masculinity. It's aimed towards men, but this podcast is for everybody. Today, we're actually going to focus on a topic that's relating to uh, keys and the, the effectiveness of your leadership so that you can be an impact in the sphere of influence that you're called, that God has called you to your assignment. And I'm in the studio with a great, great friend of mine, and he'll be on plenty of podcasts in the future. He's from Kansas City. I've known him for over 20 years. Lenny LaGuardia runs the Children's Equipping Center in the, at the International House of Prayer uh, under Mike Bickle. And you've always been in really stellar uh, you've been in stellar like houses and cultures. I've always loved that about you, right? And, <laughs> oh, it's good to be here, you know, man. Yeah. And, and one of the things I want I want to lay down work ethic today, right? As men, we got to work. It's good, man. Uh, what are, what's the good stuff and the bad stuff about work, and how do we balance it? But how do we keep that drive no matter what we're doing? Yeah, and how do we support churches? How do we support those things God's calling us to? Yeah, work, man. I love work. Like, I, I mean, you know, all the scriptures, it's abiding and producing. Right. So I know that right out of the shoots. If I don't abide with Christ, I can't really, my producing doesn't do much, right? That's right. And so, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about work ethic, Lenny. So you're in a culture that literally where you are now, you've been there for how many years at IHOP? 20 years, IHOP. Okay, 20 years. So, yeah. and the prayer room's been going 24 seven out, 24 hours, seven days a week. 22 years. For 22 years. It's never, I mean, that's insane to think quit. about, right? Like, I love it when I with go there. live worship and music. With li- yeah, right, right. Live worship every two hours, a new team comes up, and it's just the that's beauty right. of what you guys do. Uh, you know, the rigors of that. When, yeah, the rigors, right? The pains, right? Like right. everybody's like, oh, they got two hundred fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube, and they got this many millions and this and that. But it's like, okay, that all comes from a work ethic. All of it comes from it. All work comes ethic. from a work. I mean, it's right. all about abiding. So I want to lay that down real clear. I mean, right. we. I, I, you, you got to have oil in your lamp. Right. And I'm always challenging myself in that area because, uh, I got to stop and actually go pray because I, I love the work so much, but I want to just get busy working for God. I also want to know God. And also we have ministries that go along with the international house of prayer. So not just going into the prayer room, sitting down and being, uh, quiet for two hours or or whatever it's not just sitting down there's actually you know 25 departments i am mm. one of the vps of all those ministries and so there's a lot of things that support that right a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts but it, i've known you for so long and we've we've been running together and i'm really honored to to be in your life and same to here, have man. you in grace ops and to me be out in your culture it's really fun man it's really cool how god does all that but i hear these stories and one of the stories <laughs> that you've shared with me over the years is I love it because, you know, it's funny because when I'm out there, you're like, go say hi to Mike. Mike likes you, right? Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to mess with Mike, right. dude. Like, He's I, busy. You know, it's like, I just interrupted him praying, right? Oh, but I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate uh, Mike and what he runs in. But but you, there's a story that you always kind of like go get around to. Like, yeah, these people will travel from across the world to right. find the secret sauce. Right. What's the secret sauce right. of the 24 seven engine, right? right? Like the never stopping night and day prayer. That's very right. biblical right. and very needed in this hour and very powerful in Kansas city. I mean, I think that the church in Kansas city is actually benefiting in a large way absolutely, from the prayer there. Cause they're the closest to the furnace, right? That's right. But we're benefited from it too, you know, oh, yeah. cause it covers the nation. But, but, but Lenny, tell us, 
Tell us the secret sauce, man. What's the secret sauce sauce at 24-7 and all these moving parts? I mean, that's what people travel the globe to come ask you that question, don't they? Yes. Big leaders, right? Big leaders, big big influencers. Phone calls, too. What's the secret sauce? Zoom calls, phone calls, right? (laughs) I mean, there's all these questions. So, Lenny, what is the secret? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Well, I have a position where I I need to mobilize hundreds. You know, I I work with the Children's Equipment Center, uh, young people, you know, it's a, it's a big machine at IHOP, man. There's a lot of moving parts. We don't only have the 24-7 prayer room, night and day prayer. We have uh, expression Sunday mornings, Friday nights. We got internships. So all that to say, I, I mobilize tons of people. And then we have these outreaches to the city. You know, uh, for whatever reason, there's a generation out there that found themselves in a fatherless, futureless, hopeless situation. And we go be hope on their worst day. So we're penetrating the neighborhoods. And so that's going quite well. And so you're right. People come to want to know what is the secret sauce? What's the formula of night and day prayer? Right. I mean, they come from everywhere to understand that one. But I have people coming to to pick my brain and I I do summits and all that kind of stuff to really help people because I I just want to shift paradigms. Right. But, uh, you know, I had this group come to, uh, meet with me and, uh, my assistant actually forgot about they, them coming. And so she tells me at the last minute, she goes, Hey, the group's coming from California. Hey, we need to meet with them. Uh, they want to take you to lunch and I'm going, I want to go home. And I want to go to, I want to take a nap. I, I, I'm not doing it. Send, send, send our guy, send, a, send a gal, send our, one of our leaders. No, you, they, I forgot about it. You got to, you know, I got to, don't throw me under the bus. Go meet with them. Just do it for, she says, just do it for an hour. I go, hour? Are you kidding me? An hour? You know, uh, I'm tired. And we just finished several hundred children in the neighborhood, in the worst neighborhood, uh, we parked ourselves uh, in a neighborhood which was the dividing line between the Crips and the Bloods. This was Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. right? And so we were truly tired, man. And uh, it was a powerful outreach because these two gangs, they called a truce between 9 and 12 every Saturday so their kids <laughs> could come. They had sense enough to and get the gospel. Two hours apiece, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 1201, we better be out of there, Back man. Back to the color. Yeah, right? <laughs> for sure, man. And so uh, we love this, yeah, man. Awesome. We love this. We're made for this. And so we're doing well at it. And so this group from California came, and I didn't want to meet with them, but I ended up doing it. And uh, they took me to lunch, and we sat down, and they organized the lunch. They sent their entourage before me. And make a long story short, they uh, sat down. I came in, and they all got their pads out. I go, wow, this is interesting. This is going to be interesting. They're eager, man. They're ready. I say, hey, everybody, get your notes out. We have a privilege here to have Lenny here. And I'm going, I'm nobody. I'm tired. I'm failing. (laughs) failing. I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) I'm quitting. I want to quit every almost every other week doing this. And uh, I just really needed to change my heart toward these people. So they go, okay, uh, Pastor Lenny, would you would you tell us, tell us what. What is it that makes this work for you? How do you do what you do? 
you've been and he, and he gives me my bio. I go, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't even know that about I me. I sound pretty good. I, yeah, I go, no, I didn't even know that about me. He added a couple things. I didn't even know we did, you know, but I didn't care. I says, okay, hey, everybody, you ready to go? Let's do this. Let's go. And I'm playing with him a little bit. I, I, I And I don't want the uh, your listeners to think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rude or whatever, because I live to live to lead leaders. I, I have no problem. Yeah. But they asked me, what is the secret to the ministry here? And, and I know the pastor sent them to get the sauce. Right. They, because the guy told me on the way over to the restaurant, hey, man, I can't go home well, I mean, unless I have a game plan. Before you drop what your answer is, I mean, we live in a culture that's looking for formulas. That's right. Yeah. That's right. What's the formula? I got to go What's back success, with this thing, right? man. He, he, you know, he sent me here. It paid like. You know, seven people came out, the plane tickets, the right. hotels, the whole nine yards. So he put some money in it, right? And so uh, I go, hey, you guys ready to go? This is going to be kind of short. I said, uh, but, but let's, we can get this in before the food comes. Right. And the guy goes, no, no, take your time, bro. Take your time. We, we, we got all the time. Let's hold the food. No, no, let's not hold the food. I want the food. I want to go home. Right. So anyway, I didn't say that. Uh, I said, okay, listen, everybody write it down. Number one. They're all ready to go, and they're looking at me like I'm looking at you, man. I go, number one, the secret to ministry, what we did here. Number one, write this down, everybody. We showed up. And I paused just like I did just then. I go, number one, we we showed up. Everybody get that? You need me to spell it? (laughs) We showed up. Three words. Point we showed one, up. Show point, up. Point one. <laughs> and, and the guy, you know, you always got that one out there that goes, oh, hey, 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 uh, Lord give you a dream. Did you have some form of revelation? Uh, how did you know? Well, I mean, how did you know you were supposed to be there? We picked the wrong park by accident. We stayed there. We showed up. I go, hey, number two, let's just go through my outline, I told him. I go, uh, number two. Uh, they're ready to go and their eyes were just fixed on the paper hey any more to number one i go no 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 more to number one (laughs) we showed up number two i said we came back that's it we came back oh did you have some feeling from the lord that he gave you the da 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 da, da, da." no 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 nothing we went once and we said we got to go back i go that's the sauce that's the ticket right there. You got to circle that. Circle that one. Underline. We came back. Came back. And then number three, what I said. Uh, all I know about ministry. The guy goes, "Tell us everything you know about ministry now." I go, "I am." I just <laughs> gave you two big points. Right. <laughs> I'm in it for 38 years. I, uh, these are two points. I tell this to young people all the time, man. Show up. Do it twice. And the third one, I said, if you guys like the first two, and they're looking at me like I can't believe we're here, man. What are you doing? I go, number three. You'll love it. Keep coming. And so, Brian, I have to say, man, uh, I have the pressure of leading hundreds of volunteers, man. I, my job is to shift paradigms. They're not volunteers. They're ministers, right? They're ministering unto the Lord. But everybody's looking for the formula. These yeah. men and women were looking at I said, look, we just, the Lord told us where to go. We went to the wrong place. We stayed there. We came back and we kept coming. That's what makes a difference in ministry. How many times are you swinging the bat, man? Yeah. So that's my. That's powerful, Brian. That's all I know about it's ministry. Everything. That's right? my secret that's in it. ministry. That's you said it. In a Show minute. up. 
you can be done. <laughs> Come right? back and keep coming. Yeah. That's my one minute of fame. <laughs> one minute. Show up. Come back. And keep coming back. That's what a generation needs. And what what that does though, when you get that, that's a warrior mindset. Right. Once you get that in your mindset, that's a. It, it, it's it's a wiring. It's a hard wiring. It's it's show up through difficulty. It's a deep conviction. Through, you guys have had bad press, right? Like through oh, yeah. the years. I mean, you've Absolutely. had glory and victories and mountaintops Absolutely. and valleys, but it's it's the seasons, the terrains. It's it's you, you might be in wilderness or the promised land of your life, whatever season you're in, but it's this unrelenting devotion right. to what we opened up with when we we opened up with this this passage of Colossians, right. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily, which is a word I don't really use in my everyday language, but maybe I should try. (laughs) (laughs) You you need to do that more heartily, Lenny. Um, But do it heartily. Do it passionately. As for the Lord and not men. What a simple statement. I love that about the scriptures. Paul is like so poignant and powerful. Here he is. I'm just going to drop this quick little line on you, right? Whatever you're doing, body of Christ, whatever you're doing, people of God. Right. See, we got it all wrong. We've had 1,700 years of corruption since the days of Constantine has come into the church and created church hierarchy. And right. with church hierarchy also came this false idea that there's secular and sacred work. Right. And that's wrong. No matter what you're doing with your hand, if you're a believer, if you're in the marketplace, which that's where most of the kingdom activity is taking place, you know, you you run something called the equipping center, right? right? I run a church. I founded a church, right? It's a place to equip the believers. Right. Ephesians four says to do the work of the ministry. So every believer is in the ministry. So I'm in a ministry that happens to be at a church, but you're in a ministry that happens to be at wherever God's called you to be. That's right. Right now in the marketplace, whether you work at a restaurant, you're a server, you're a manager, you're a leader, CEO, entrepreneur. Whatever thing you got going on in your life, the scripture charges all of us. And see, that's we got to cut through the corruption of the days of religion that we live in. And where pastors have, because pastors get insecure. They don't know how to lead well. And so they, they go along with stuff that they've been spoon-fed, and they don't, know, they don't do what's actually in the Bible. You know? So the Bible says, mm-hmm. whatever you are called to do, do it with all of your heart, not as unto man, but go to work as unto God. If you're a janitor in a building, clean the toilet. Like you're cleaning God's toilet, right? If you're flipping burgers at a place, flip flip that burger like you're making that meal for God, right? Flip, you know, if you're if you're at Chick Fil A, take that order like you're taking sure. the order from the Father Himself, right? And if you live that way, you will be promoted. If you live that way, you, and, and not everybody's called to have a company and start a company. You know, you, there's a lot of people called to work in companies like that, but you will excel in life, whatever you do. And you got to have this mindset of show up, come back. And keep coming back. You got to have an unrelenting devotion. I'm proud of my daughter. She's 20 years old. She's actually resigning her first position. She's going on to study nursing, and she works at a uh, local hospital. And she has actually—I mean, they don't even want to let her go. She goes through 200 cases a day, where most people go through like 50. Wow. And they're like, "How do you do all this?" She's like, "I don't know. I just do the work." Right. Well, she does it because she does it as unto God. She's been trained. <laughs> she right. knows. She knows that. And then she's become so valuable to them that they're like, we know you have to go because, you know, you're never going to stay in a role like this, but we have no idea how we're going to replace you. You know, so it's doing the work, Lenny. Lenny, I know you. You're, you're a work ethic guy, right? And we know that the Bible says unless we abide in Christ, he's right. divine, right? And we're the branches. And apart from him, we can do nothing. So there's that abiding, right? 
Absolutely. There's that abiding, understand, getting in the word. I think there's faith. Asking God. It's faithfulness, you know, and I look at what detaches us from things, you know, is uh, even in the church, when you look at the church, you know, and children, most of what's being done in the church with children is being done by the women, which Mm. I'm I'm proud of that. I, I mean, there's some amazing yeah, people doing that. Man, yeah. spiritual moms, great dads, yeah. spiritual family and things like that. But it's it's like that's a job for someone else. And I think as men, sometimes uh, we don't see a reward in what we're going to do. We're used to earning our keep, making the money, providing for our families and things like that. But when it goes outside of that, then we we don't do anything because we don't get anything for it. And I, I started thinking about that. I got to mobilize hundreds, man, hundreds a week to work with the next generation in all of our cities and communities and our in our church and the house of prayer. I'm looking at the worship leaders, you know, 24-7, that worship leader coming back, 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock every day, six times a week, nobody in the room. Doing it when nobody's watching. You know, I, I want to... As unto God, right? As unto God. It's what you were saying, man. So Are we willing to do it to an audience of one? You know, and I had to learn that, you know, because I want man to approve of me and I want to be noticed and I want to be recognized. But I had a, a very, very powerful guy come to me, a very successful man uh, come to me and said, Lenny, until you learn how to do this to an audience of one, you're going to deal with insecurities the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And so I got all these volunteers that I need, and I, I was looking at uh, a passage in, in Corinthians, and I'll just say it real quick. Uh, Paul's dealing with a group of people, the church of Corinth, and they're feeding the poor. And all of a sudden, there must have been rumbling among them that what they were mm-hmm. doing didn't matter, Right. And I look at what I do with children and young people, you know, people work with us every week and they're going, you know, I'm not really making a difference, man. I'm not really making a difference. This ain't for me. And I think that's what Paul was dealing with. And he comes out of the gate with, he goes like this. He goes, this service that you perform is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, meaning those groceries you're giving those people is not just filling their bellies, man. Right. But it's overflowing, Paul says, with many expressions of thanksgiving unto the Lord. It's your point, man. Mm. Doing it unto the Lord, we are marking our hearts with the thanksgiving of God, his gratefulness. Can God actually be grateful for us doing the work of the Lord? Yeah. Absolutely. And the entire, this entire thing started with God setting apart a people so that in turn God sanctified a people so that by the way we live, we can sanctify the name of God in the nations. And so our work actually joins into that energy of sanctifying the name of God. So if I work as unto man, I'm going to pollute it. But if I shift my mindset and my heart and the, the, and and I, and I get a new outlook and a renewed, that's where I can be joyful no matter what job I have, I can wake up and have joy good, from doing it as unto God. Brian, right? this no, is the good. Like no matter what, like I can wake up and have joy. Like I, I love, I, I love the grind, man. Like I, I kind of joke around with my kids a lot. I'm like, I'm an assassin, and they're like, why? I'm like, cause today I'm killing it, right? Like so I, I'll say things like that because there's just a, there's a there's a rhythm in the work, right? You know, yes, it's about my prayer, my devotion to God, but God also wants us to. The Great Commission doesn't happen 
automatically, right? right. It's we, we're partnering with our Father in heaven, and and that that energy of partnering with God is what the Bible calls hastening the day, right? You know, so I can actually get with God's only plan, which is the church coming alive and functioning the way He called her to function. That's His only plan. I can go make disciples and be about the Great Commission. And if I do that, it hastens. If I don't do it, it, delay, it delays. That's good, man. I, I, I look at guys. <laughs> and all of our work matters, right? Like the clerk yeah. at the gas station. Like, you know, so Absolutely. all of it. It's not just people like you and me who are right. doing church ministry work. We're, you know, the ministry of the church. It's the ministry of the marketplace. And this text that I gave is for the marketplace as well, not just the church. Uh, because I think for all of us, uh, at one time or another, we just sometimes... Think about we're not doing the job we were made for, right? I know there's right. a lot of people out there right now. Look, man, you're in a position, you're in a company. It's not what's in your heart. It doesn't give you oil. It doesn't bring your heart alive. But here's what I want to say to that. I say, Paul says, hey, this thing you're doing in that company, it's not just providing the needs for your family. It's connected to the Lord. It's overflowing, with many expressions of thanksgiving unto the Lord. So it's like, you know what? You're not going to maybe do what you want to do. You're not in the right company, and you, but you're meeting the needs of your family. But the Lord ups it, one. He raises the bar and he says, look, you're not only providing their needs, you're touching me. Yeah, You're touching me. So I want to say to men all over the earth through this podcast and, and what's going to come out of this with Grace Ops, uh, you're touching God. Yeah. You're, you're at Taco Bell. You're wherever you're at. You're at a tire shop, automobile place. I don't know where you're at. You're at a, sales, you could be the sir. greatest attorney, doctor, yeah. making the, uh, all of what you need and more, and still not be happy if you don't understand what you do is more than just supplying the needs. It's touching God. Touching God. Yeah, and the work work ethic to me, when you're if we're going to do this as unto God, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your role is or assignment. And I, and, and I want to lay it down so thoroughly because it's it's been so mistaken, but everything we're doing, everything we're talking about, all of our work is, it's all sacred. Yeah, I mean, all of it is. I can't say that enough. I mean, I've apologized to marketplace people <laughs> publicly on behalf of church leaders for only being looked at as an ATM. You know, like, what what we have to actually really do is flip that because the marketplace is where the Great Commission takes it happens. That's where the bulk of the Great Commission happens is in the marketplace. Right. It's not at some church building. It's not. It's it, the gatherings are built to refresh the saints, get the warriors recharged, and go back out. Right. Go keep doing the work of your father. And I, I think about work ethic, and I think about the grind. I think about go to work. Here's some here's some really practical things. Go to work with a clear mind. Turn your phone off. Who cares about your social media? Um, go to work. If you got a meeting, prepare for the meeting. Read the notes. Be ready to be engaged. Right? Don't get there late and sloppy and uh, unprepared. That's good. You're not doing that as, you know, we're doing this as unto the Lord. So, God, I'm coming to your staff meeting today for a boss that I really don't like. But I'm going to say, God, this is your staff meeting. I'm going to come to it. So how would you be prepared if you were going to sit at a staff room table with God? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, but if you live that way, yeah. you'll get promoted. Nothing can stop a person like that, even a bad boss, even a bad company. Nothing can stop you. If you work as unto God, God will promote you and open doors because he can actually, 
he has something worthy to promote. If you're a slob and lazy, and I'm, and I'm sorry for saying this, but which is most of our culture, um, that's why we're doing a podcast on this, is to motivate you and inspire to have that warrior mindset and actually understand the power of work. Understand the power of working is unto God. So it, it's kind of like, and actually working is unto God, it puts him on display. You know, we, you don't even have to tell somebody about Jesus. Show them in your work ethic. That's right. Really, you know, like, think about that, right? Like, show up, do the work, excel, uh, get the promotion. I can guarantee you my daughter has an opportunity to share Christ because of her work ethic. Right. What makes you, you are not like a usual, normal 20-year-old. You're out working. People have been here for years. You're out, she's out working everybody in her department. And her the the key boss at the hospital has has uh, has recognized her and noticed her. He's like, I, we don't know how you do it. They can give her a list of people to call. It's two to three hundred people. She'll get it done in a day. Yeah. She'll move an entire appointment block of you know, which normally takes people a week, or she even says up to two or three weeks to do that. They're like, how are you doing it? You know why? It's because she's focused. She knows that she's a she's a bold witness of resurrection, and that her work ethic matters. And she's going to go really far. So will all my children because that's I'm training them in yeah. these things. Work ethic. I love the it. The grind. I mean, the 24-7 prayer, right? Like you get an assignment from God. God's gifted us. Like that's a whole other, you know, that's important for this conversation. Understand your gift and your gifting because your gifts make room for you. Right. So we want to do things according to. But so many people are just prone to kind of kick back, be lazy. You know, it'll just kind of happen for me or somebody will take up the slack or um, I think what you're talking about too with a, gen, a a younger generation, what I'm seeing, and I got I need to deploy a lot of people, and they're quite young, but it's almost like they come in with a spirit of entitlement. You know, yeah. it's like they're helping That's me. Right. You know, it's what they can do for me. Hey, I'm doing you a favor by being here, and uh, I want to see that get changed. And you know what changes that? Strong work ethic. Yeah, strong work ethic. Strong work ethic will change that and uh, being a good example. So I think, you know, as as men, we have to, in our jobs, we have to watch out in terms of what we model for a younger generation. Yeah. Do we complain? Do we, are we bitter? Are we grumbling and mumbling? And And that's why I go to that scripture, man. My go-to scripture, the service you perform, the job that you have, what you're doing. It's not only filling the needs of the saints. It's not only just providing a product for some people you don't even believe in. Right. You know, across the world, across the globe, across the oceans. You know, it's you're you're oh, it's overflowing with many expressions. And so that's what I want young people to know because there is a. I, I think we need to address this in some way. You know, a younger generation. There's a spirit of entitlement. I'm doing you a favor by being here. Hey, look, I'm here. You know, and what have you. So, anyway, I love it, man. I love what you're doing. I love the fact that Grace Ops is completely shifting paradigms. And I just think we have a, a, an incredible opportunity to go forward. I even look at the church, man. I want men to, to be raised up in the church, whether you're ushering or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know. There's The reward is touching God. That's what you said. You're putting God on display. Every person who who we're talking to should write that down in their heart, man. We're putting God on display. Yeah, you think about Jesus, right? He said, I didn't come to be served, right. but to serve. Right. And there is a power in that. There, There's a power in, you know, I lead a church. I started a church 14 years ago, founded it. 
got a great team, got a great people here. And sometimes I just wish sometimes I really just wish. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm a man of God. I've been around the block a few times, you know, Hey, what do you want us to do? What's God calling me to do? Um, well, Hey, go do this. Go take on this test. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm not really know if I'm wired that we're called that. Well, who cares? Do it anyway. Do it for a few months. Do it for six months. Do it for a year. One, just to uh, maybe make things easier that the body would be so united that it's like, just put me in, coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, and you got to kind of serve your way in. You know, you serve your way into a culture. You serve your way into a community. I'm uh, I'm 45 years old right now. I've led this church for 14 years, and I still bend over and pick up trash. I still That's clean right. a window if there's a smudge on it. Um, I still have my pet peeves about... Um, you know, walking upstairs and seeing dirt in the cracks between the stairs and like, uh, we didn't vacuum that too well, you know, right. and the new mom's going to see that, you know, the moms have been here a hundred times. They probably won't see it, but the new mom, that's all that got to do with work ethic. Well, how do you think I got to lead in a church? You think someone just gave it to me? Do you think it just right. fell in my lap? You know, no, it's because of the way I work. Right. It's because I care more than anybody else cares. I, I take on more responsibility than anybody else does here. And uh, beloved out there, man, people that are listening to this, I'm telling you that this man models it. And but I think Brian, I think pe- a lot of people in the, even in the church are waiting around for their calling. Even outside the church, it doesn't matter. We're waiting around for our calling. What's my calling? I'll tell you what your calling is. Your calling is unto the Lord. Yeah, it's a summons. Calling is from the direct word summons. We're summons to serve the Lord, right? Yeah. So we don't get a choice. We don't get a choice. We can't wait around for those positions to be created so that we can go do it. If there's a need in your church or there's a need in your neighborhood, a need in a community or whatever, you know, go serve. Go serve. Because I looked at uh, the word volunteerism and I looked Mm. at the word laity, you know, and uh, there was a research project done on the word laity and volunteerism. And uh, in the church, we were recruiting volunteers, right? Well, in my ministry at the International House of Prayer, and I've been doing this for 38 years, I'm not recruiting volunteers. I don't want to recruit volunteers. I want to I gather people that are summoned to a generation to give them the things of God, not just put warm bodies in there. Right. And I won't name the denomination that did this study, but I'll say it real quick. They started researching the word volunteerism and uh, laity, and they found out that volunteer is actually connected to those positions that are less, less with authority than clergy. So when you recruit for volunteers, you're actually saying you're recruiting for people that are less anointed, less skilled than the pastor. And that's wrong, man. It's kind of that secular secret thing again, right? Yeah. Like I'm the holy man, and you're oh, just yeah. a little minion. That's exactly right. <laughs> Serving my empire. Right. So <laughs> pastor comes, and we need volunteers in this church. What he's actually saying, by definition, mm. is we need the people that are less anointed than me to actually be oh, raised good. up and go do it. When you, in, we got to change that the mindset. word summons? A summoned. You get a, so I, I, I get a summon in the mail for a traffic situation. <laughs> I've got to show up, right? you right. got jury duty. you right. got to show up. These are summoned. So, so men, are you summoned to something? Well, I'm not doing the job I want to, man. I'm tired of this. I'm, man, I've got no life. Right. Well, you don't have life meeting the needs of your family and, and, and touching God? I think when you do that, the Lord says, man, I can trust you. 
Right. Here it goes and things might shift and whatever. I, I, I've never been out of work in 43 years of, of my marriage. I married very young. I've never been a day out of work, you know, and I love the ministry, man. I gave my heart to the ministry. I've been in full-time ministry for 38 years. But prior to that, when I got married at 18, I went to work, yeah. you know, and uh, so. Work ethic matters. You know, men are called to provide. Right. And you're going to provide through your work. But we're talking about the layers that go into the provision. And I think Paul covers it, uh, whatever you do. Right. It's not just waiting for your calling. Yeah. It's whatever you do, people. You haven't failed. Whatever you do, people of God, right? Like worship, the word worship and work uh, actually go together. It comes from like the same Hebrew word. Yeah. You know, that means, uh, you know, like worship would be like worth ship. Right, he's yeah. worth. Yeah, you know, it's it's putting worth, worth. on God. So yeah. when I work to God, it's a form of worship and putting Powerful. worth right. on His name, because right. the Lord says something very mighty. My name will be great, whether you hollow it by your lifestyle or you profane it by your lifestyle. Yeah, that's good. But apart apart from you, you can partner with me, or you can profane me. But I'm going to declare to you either way. My name will be great. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the winning team with God. And I want my work to uh, to honor his name right. and to bring glory to his name. Because, you know, I've been working here 14 years now. There's government leaders. I'm a chaplain of the police force as well and the local sheriff's department. And people know who I am. Right. And it's because I've just been a man who came out in the middle of nowhere. Showed up. And I just started working. I, show, I showed up again. <laughs> you came I quit back. a thousand times but That's restarted right. the next day. <laughs> That's exactly right. You yeah. You know, um, I, I look at people look at, man, you know, how much you do and stuff like that. And my wife sometimes she'll go, man, you made a mistake here. You put the wrong person in a position and what have you. And my go to with even that is that, well, you know what? At least I'm swinging the bat. I just want to tell a bunch of men. I'm telling you, I see the kids. This is something you're ta- this stuff you're talking about right now. I see the effects in the next generation of men who are just paralyzed by not making enough money, don't think they're in the right position or whatever. And I want to encourage people, man, just keep there, stand steady, stay steady. And so for me, I tell my wife, you know, well, at least I'm swinging the bat. Yeah. Okay, so I swing the bat 2,000 times a year, and I, I got a batting average of 400. I'll take the 400, but at least I got 200 swings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got yeah. a bunch of strikeouts. Yeah. So men, if you're striking out, Get up, suck right. it up, get off your your rear end, man, and and know that you're touching God by meeting the needs of your family or your own needs. Yeah, don't be lazy. Go yeah. serve your church. Go serve your neighborhood. Go get into something that the Lord can use you in. Yeah, you know? put the bag of chips down. Right. Turn off uh, <laughs> pornography. If that's something that you uh, you 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 crave in your life for distraction, and let those be signs to you that you're you're kind of living way sub below par. And the grace of God will actually train you out of those ways of living. Your band of brothers will help pull you into a better day and actually help you live in power. It doesn't mean we're perfect. Uh, It's not about the perfection. It's about the pursuit. But you got to have a work ethic. you got to have a grind. Get a side hustle. Do your day job, do a night job, whatever. Do I mean, when I was younger, man, I had four jobs. (laughs) You know, I was, I was, I've just always worked. I've always known how to produce, you know, I'm not, not where I'm not where I'd like to be. Um, and my goals financially, but you know, um, I'm building streams of income that will pan out down the road. You know, I'm not worried about it, but at the end of the day, this whole world could implode right now. And it's really about the name of God being great. 
So even at the end of the day, the, the economy could crash and I'm not going to lose hope. I'm going to wake up swinging for the fence even right. in that day and age and in that terrain. And Ma- Malcolm Gladwell actually has a powerful idea. It's not an original idea from him, but he made it really popular called the 10,000-hour rule. And he actually says the 10,000-hour rule roughly says if you practice one skill for 10,000 hours, you have a good chance of becoming an expert at it. Wow. And so – you know, one of the skills I've practiced over the years is just speaking. You know, I learned how to speak in public high schools, which was a really gnarly place to learn how to speak. You know, it was a tough crowd every time that you spoke, not very forgiving. I had to learn the art of communicating. And so that's just something, you know, that's just one of my skills, right? So 10 years, 10,000 hours doesn't guarantee it, but it puts you in that place of just preparedness and being ready. And you've just done the work and, you know, you've done this for 10,000 hours, and I think that a, the generation uh, coming up needs to hear that. Yeah. We're not overnight rock stars. The, God doesn't care about how famous we are. He wants us to be faithful. But in our work ethic, get up and do the work. Do the work. Do the work, right? I mean, my kids hear me say that all the time. I'll look at them. I'll, I'll cut right through their little attitude sometimes and just be that kind of like annoying father yeah. that's uh, maybe saying it the wrong way in the moment. But I, my passion comes through. I'm like, do the work. Sometimes, sometimes I've made the mistake. Shut up. I just need you to shut up and do the work. I've said that to my kids before. I apologize for the shut up later, but I'm like, in the moment, I'm like, I just need you to shut your mouth and just do the work. Just quit whining. Just just freaking do the work. It's about the work, <laughs> not the pay, right? Because oh, even some guys struggle the out there. I'm with a bunch of guys all the time where their wives work and they their wives do make more. Right. You're not a failure if that's going on. No, not the, if not if there's a powerful, loving marriage. And, it's exactly you know, but right. But you still have to be the man of that that relationship. Absolutely, you know, and, absolutely, uh, and, and you still need to be fulfilling your God given role. Absolutely, and just you because know? you don't make as much as your wife would make, doesn't mean you don't fulfill that role. Yeah, 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 man, good stuff. And one more thing I want to throw in there before we kind of wrap it up because it's very it's very powerful because we've talked about work, 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 and there's some of you on here that are like, yes, that's right, work ethic. I'm all about the work ethic. Well. I know people that don't shut down. I know people that just go nonstop and they get they become workaholics. Right. And that's uh, that's not balanced. That's not that's work out of balance. Good man. Workaholicism is work is is actually work ethic out of balance. Right. That's not doing as unto Lord. And the reason why, and I can prove it to you real quick, is Sabbath, because God worked for six days and He modeled for us something He wants us to take on forever. The Sabbath didn't stop in the Old Testament. It continues to all the way through the cross, all the way through the return of Christ. And the Lord said, I worked for six days and I created, and then I I paused my work, and I enjoyed it, and I rested. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to grind. I want you to be an assassin. I want you to kill it, do the work ethic thing for six days, work as unto me. But then on that Sabbath, I want you to pause. I want you to actually... Make yourself stop. Ugh. I want you to be diligent in your life to make yourself prepare. Work harder on Friday so you can stop on Saturday, or work harder on Sunday so you can <laughs> Saturday so you can stop on Sunday. Whatever day you Sabbath, right? Like right. my Sabbath is actually Monday, and I actually need to remind myself right now that it's it's Saturday. We're recording this on a Saturday, and two days from now, I, I have to. I literally have to stop. Yeah, you do, and enjoy. My family, rest, take some naps, get some time with God, go on a walk, stare at a lake. Sabbath. And I, I have to tell you, I have I I've not mastered that. Neither have young, I of a young age, man. <laughs> You're convicting me here. And you know, I my prayers are with everybody who feels that they have to be driven. I mean, I had somebody come to me 
and say you don't have to feel guilty taking a day off. You you, you don't have to you don't have to kill yourself. Right. You know? and so uh, it's a good word, Brian. It's well, God gives convicting. you permission. Right. You know, and he he, uh, he tells us, "I want you to rest. I want you to Sabbath." The Sabbath is a very powerful core value from the right. Old and New Testament, and you know, the, even in Psalm one twenty seven, you know, you're it, part of the problem and breakdown in the house of God was that we were eating the bread of anxious toil. Right. You know, and so the Lord says, you know, you need to stop. Otherwise, if if you if you just go full throttle off the if you ignore the guardrails and you want to become a workaholic, your life can actually fall apart. Right. You can lose everything you're building. And then that's a powerful a lesson too. You know, it's like, I remember when I started learning the power of Sabbath and pulling back a little bit, I was nervous and I had a good friend in my life. I said, I said, yeah, I'll take that day off and I'll, I'll rest. But I'm afraid I'm going to get lazy. And he just started laughing so hard. He's like, you're never going to be lazy, man. He goes, you're not, there's nothing about you that'll ever be lazy. <laughs> he just started laughing. I'm like, okay, well that makes me feel better. But, but, you know, but actually to try to stop for a 24 hour cycle, that's insane. It's hard. I don't master it, Lenny. I, right. I, I value it. And it's not necessarily <laughs> right. something you master, but it's something you return to. Right. You know, Good word. But it's important. So, All right. It's been Good awesome subject. to be with you again. Thank man. you, Brian. You know, I look forward to our next podcast uh, together. Um, we're asking everybody here on this podcast to, to – and I will also include all the links on how to find Lenny and any resources he has. I'll, I'll include those in the podcast that he's involved in. And so you'll be able to find all that in the show notes. Please uh, check out graceops.net. Get involved on our email list. Click the little share button on this podcast. Get it out. Help us get it out to uh, millions of people. We know God's going to impact this uh, this nation with Graceops. So it's just good to have you part of this uh, uh, culture that we're creating. Until next next time, know that we love you and we care about you. We want you to live upright.